Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman and alongside me as ever, uh, two-time Ashes winner Steve Harmison. England have just lost a game of T20 cricket against South Africa by 10 runs. Uh, quite a game it was too, plenty of talking points and a moment of concern as well for England, who may have lost but still finished top of the group. South Africa may have won, but they're not through to the semi-finals. Um, as I say, pulsating game of cricket and plenty to pick apart. You're listening to Following On. So, if you're listening to the show, you uh, no doubt know by now, England uh, losing the game by 10 runs, um, although they got off to a good start, winning the toss and uh, deciding to field first. Uh, Early wicket, thanks to Maureen Alley, Reza Hendricks, but from there on in, didn't quite follow the course of the game that you'd expected. South Africa knew they had to score big and then bowl England out cheaply. Australia beating West Indies earlier in the day, meaning essentially South Africa needed to make about 160 and then bowl England out for less than 100. Well, they did a bit better than that in terms of the runs scored, thanks uh, to a 94, quite brilliant knock by Rassie van der Dussen, who looked nearly as knackered as Martin Guptal did when scoring a similar amount of runs earlier in the week. Uh, Aidan Markram uh, smashed 52 from 25 and uh, smashed um, uh, the likes of Chris Wokes, whose four overs went for 43, and Mark Wood, whose four overs went for 47. It was uh, a sorry-looking scorecard at the halfway point. England, though, always back themselves, don't they? Got off to their customary decent start until shock horror. Jason Roy um, hobbling off, retired hurt for 20, and uh, we wait and see just how serious that injury is. Butler, uh, a little cameo at the top, 26. Moeen Ali came in at three, blazed away merrily for 37 from 27. Bairstow went cheaply. Uh, and Darwin Milan hit 33 from 26. Uh, it looked well against England. 
uh, with about seven overs to go. But then in the course of four balls, all hit for six, three of them to Liam Livingston, England were back in it. Morgan came in, smashed uh, three quick boundaries, and it came to the final over. Livingston by this point had gone, 14 needed, Rabada with ball in hand. His first three deliveries could have gone for 6-6-6. Six, six, six. Instead, they were caught, caught, caught. Hat-trick, laughter, South Africa win, England lose. Let's get on with picking the bones out of that one. Story of the day. So, Harmy, terrific game of cricket. Just a shame, really, there wasn't more riding on it because, of course, South Africa did have hope of winning the game and qualifying, but... They'll look back and they'll feel, well, they, if they hadn't taken 14 overs to chase 85 against Bangladesh, um, and if perhaps Australia hadn't absolutely walloped, um, who was it? Was it Bangladesh? I can't even remember now. Either way, they got their, gave their net run rate such a boosting. It meant uh, today's game, after Australia beat West Indies, it's always a little bit too much. But um, And England, of course, knew as long as they didn't, hit, didn't get bowled out for less than 86, they were going to finish, uh, they're going to qualify and then finish top of the group if they hit 106, which they did comfortably. But it was a brilliant game of cricket. I mean, so much was going on. You had a, a fantastic innings from uh, um, uh, Van der Dussen. Markram continued his fine form over the last six months. Um, England, well, you know, it was always going to be. This is why they needed Markwood to play today. They just He needed to have a game. Uh, Chris Wokes was really expensive. Uh, and I think possibly England having would have learned so much from today because I think I've got a feeling that the point you made the other day about them being too batting heavy, that may they may come to that decision now because I don't think they had the bowlers today. And it may be that they uh, they do change things for the semi-final and possibly shunt the batsman up because maybe if Livingston had come in a little bit earlier, then England would have won. Um, yeah, I mean, there was, lo- there was loads in there, but the overriding concern is that of Jason Roy. You know, he hobbled off. I mean, we've just seen Tamar Mills hobble off, never to return. And the fear is Roy is about to do the same thing. Yeah, he is. And, I, and, lower, and again, not to return. I don't see um, Jason Roy playing any more part in this tournament. I know Owen Morgan and Mark Wood said on TV that, you know, they're going to assess the situation. That looked the man who has tore his calf. And I feel so sorry for, for Jason Roy in a different way to Tamal Mills because Tamal Mills is a kid who has worked so hard on his body to get himself in a position, to get himself back in the England cricket team, confidence boosting he's getting from the 100 and from, from the blast. And he's put a run of games together and he's got selected for England. And he's played four games in a week which his body has has broke down. And you feel for, for, for Mills on that front. Where Roy is different. Roy's is, you know what? He's got England off to a good start again. 20 off, was it? Well, you got 20 off, 15 balls. And you look at that and there's been so many question marks. And I'm, I'm one, I happily say, I was one. He was the worry for me uh, at the start of the tournament. Jason Roy at the top of the order on these surfaces against spin bowling. And he's worked so hard to get himself better at facing spin bowlers in the power player. And he's took a lot of pressure off Joss Butler at the top so he can just play his natural game, see ball, hit ball. If it's not there, I can, I can get in because Jason's hitting boundary after boundary after boundary. And I feel sorry for him because, because of how hard he's worked to improve his game. 
to to sort of fall at the hurdle of just before the semi-final because of a calf injury is is heartbreaking for the kid. Where England go from there, though, I, I think England could have experimented in this game and not plucked Milan and everybody moved up one. I know Rob Key is you know, talking on TV and that's what he's saying about picking Sam Billings. Well, Sam Billings plays, he opens the baton for me. You don't make any changes with the order. You stick him in and you say, right, go and open the baton. Um, because I don't see the point of bringing him in at number seven or number six, because Ali and Livingston have both had a hit. Morgan's batted, so they'll go above him in the semi-final. I don't see the point of batting Sam Billings at number seven and playing him as a fielder. Um, I just think you play David Willie, but Chris Wokes at seven, You've got Willie at eight, Jordan at nine. You've got four seam options of varying pace, varying angles. You've got two spin options, frontline spin options, and a backup spin bowler. So you've effectively got seven bowlers. I would question that that's probably too much for an inexperienced captain. But for a captain like Owen Morgan, who makes the right decisions on bowling, the right person at the right time, at the right over, I don't, I don't see that being a problem for, 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 for Morgan. I just don't see the point of bringing in a batsman. In, in you've got to think the best case scenario, a batsman could face four to seven balls. What difference he's going to do at seven than what Chris Wokes can do at seven or uh, David Willey can do it at number seven, but potentially get three overs of left arm option from the seam department. Because one thing I've noticed on Charger today was that was a better pitch than they've played on so far. Yeah. So whether it was a different surface or they've they've had a chance to sort of get some water, heat in it and, and make it a little bit better. If that's the case for the semi-finals, I think England might need another another bowling option. Yeah, the pitches do seem to have improved, don't they? Certainly uh, the scores in first innings have, have started to pick up. And of course, uh, today we've seen a team batting first and uh, and winning the game. Um, yeah, so okay, so you're 11 then. Uh, well, here's another question for you though. So, obviously, England's, England's semi final opponents are, are still to be decided. We know that Pakistan will play Australia, England could play one of, of Afghanistan, New Zealand, or India. Mm. Do, they, do they play the same 11 irrespective of which team they come up against? Um, yes, I think the same 11 but we could play on different surfaces because if England play India, I think they have to, India have to play in Dubai where if England play, I think this is right. I'm sure I've just heard Ian Wood yeah. say this. Well, TV. see, this is the thing. I'm, I'm fascinated to know because the other week I was trying to work out, well, not the other week, the other day, because um, I was trying to work out which semi-final England are playing in and it didn't appear to be obvious. Mm. Um, I mean, we know they're going to, well, you know, Bearing in mind, we we kind of assume they're going to be finishing top of the group. So there must be. If well, what did what did Wardy say? Because that would actually answer the question. Well, the 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 answer is if England play, if India get through, so Afghanistan beat New Zealand, India, you know, wallop Scotland, uh, uh, in, Pakistan obviously plays Scotland, so India would go through. If India go through, England play India in Dubai, because I think India have to play in Dubai. If England, if New Zealand be Afghanistan, yeah, and New Zealand go through. England will play. I think that that game is in Abu Dhabi, so England will play New Zealand um, in in Abu Dhabi. So it's I think it's, it's still a complicated mess. But I think the way I was reading it is if if India get through to the semi final, they have to play in Dubai. 
if they don't get through the semi-final, then England obviously will play New Zealand and that game will be in Abu Dhabi and then Pakistan against Australia will be in probably Dubai or I think it's Dubai. I don't think there's any semi-finals in Sharjah and then obviously the finals in, in Dubai. So for England, it's still up in the air on where they're going to play and who they're going to play over the course of the next 24 hours. I don't see the team changing in any shape or form for me in my thoughts of if they're going to play New Zealand or India or Afghanistan. I still think you'd go, I still would go with that option for the simple fact I've just watched Liam Livingston hit. Yeah, it had a decent knock. Owen Morgan had not a bad knock. Moen Ali batted very, very well. All of a sudden, if you bring another batsman into the equation, one of them has to bat at number seven and potentially face seven or eight balls. I'd rather have another, I'd rather have a three-over option of seam if my spinners go around the park or if the due factor comes into later on at that night, I've still got four seamers up my sleeve because David Willey as a competent batsman as well, if he has to face one or two balls at the end of a at the end of an innings. How did you uh, how did you rate Wokes today and Wood for that matter? Um, I thought Mark Wood showed good pace, which was we know we're gonna we're gonna get. I thought it was I thought he needed a bowl a little bit earlier uh, from somebody who hasn't bowled in the tournament to leave him until I think the eleventh over. Um, the character that marks at. You know, the one thing about Mark is he's got this level of confidence and you think he is, because he's such a, an expressive showman, there's a, there would have been a lot of nervousness in Mark Wood. And I think leaving him until the 11th over probably didn't do any, any favours. It's good to get him again because England are going to need him, semi-final and final. His pace was very, very good and that's all I'd be be be, be bothered about. I thought Van der Dersen and Markham played some... Fantastic cricket shots. Mm. You know, Markham hit Markham hit Chris Wokes full toss, third six of the sixteenth over. Yeah, low full toss for six, and it was a ridiculous shot. Mm. And then he followed that up by Mark Wood following him, you know, give himself some room at the offside. Short third man deep uh, in backward point, both inside the circle, and it probably would have hit another set of stumps three to the leg side. And Markham managed to sort of give himself so much room in the middle of the bat, 92 mile an hour, and pierce the field. Sometimes you've just got to say, right, my best ball hasn't been good enough today. And I, and I didn't think Wilkes and Wood bowled badly. I just think they didn't quite hit their light, the, the lengths that have been hitting in the tournament so far. Yeah, from a Wilkes point of view, he's bowled a very, very good back of a length. He bowled three overs front up, which I thought he got lined up um, for his third over. Um, and sometimes, you know, you know, you you can get it slightly wrong in this game, and you can go round the park. And unfortunately, England came up against two batsmen who were very, very good today. And maybe it's a little bit of a a little bit of a re- not a reality check, but a little reset for, for when they do get to the semi final, whether it is in Abu Dhabi or Dubai. That the length we have to bowl has to be absolutely bang on, and that is something that maybe the England bowlers will be thinking about going into that semi final, right? Yeah, a little slightly off there, but we know the lengths, we know the areas we want to bowl, and we're going to nail them. And I think that will stand them in good stead for next week. Is there a little bit of concern about Bairstow's lack of runs? I mean, there's going to be an urge if Roy is injured to stick him back at the top of the order, isn't there? Yeah, he's got about, if he, for me, he's got to go in first. That's why I don't 
That's why I don't bring Billings back into the side and bring Willie in. I want Besto at the top of the order. I think Johnny's, I th- I'm hearing commentators say Johnny's a great, great player of attacking spin. You know, he slog sweeps well, he sweeps well. Johnny does that off the back of facing you know, quick bowling in the first two or three overs of, of the power play. I think Johnny's a better opening batsman than, than we give him a lot of credit for. I think his natural position is opening the batsman. But unfortunately, you've also got Jason Roy and Joss Butler, who are every bit, if not more, destructive. And, you know, two, three doesn't fit into two because there's only two can go out first. And unfortunately for, for Johnny, he's been shunted down to, to number four. And that's been a story of his career, really, where, you know, we'll find a place for Johnny. We want him in our side, but we'll find a place for him as opposed to, well, hold on, let's not build our team around him, but he's better at then. So let's give him a chance there. Well, semi-final of the World T20 and potentially final of the World T20, Johnny's going to get a bat, hopefully, where he wants to bat, which is in white ball cricket going in number one. And what about England then? Who do they want to face? Is it as simple as just saying they want to face Afghanistan? No, I don't think they will. I really don't think they'll fancy... I wouldn't fancy facing Afghanistan. Not on... Not on you know, if you get a slow slow wicket and you've got them three spinners, I'm not sure I'd fancy facing Afghanistan. I think New Zealand's bowling has been very, very good, but they're heavily reliant on, math, I mean, on Martin Guptill to get them off to a, to a good start. And then their middle order hasn't really fired. I think New Zealand are a good team for England to, to, to want to face. The one team I don't want to face is India, because no. I think if India get through to the semi-final, their year game will come because they're big players. We've seen yeah. how many times that we talk throughout the winter and in the summer about these players handling pressure and being you know strong under pressure. Chennai with 60-odd thousand, England crumbled after murdering them in the first test match. Different game when the pressure's on. This is what India are. That's why they are brilliant. England don't want to play, don't really want to play India. They hope that India go out of the tournament. Um, so if I think so ideally, I would like to face New Zealand. Um, and then obviously probably the two best sides in the world in the, in the tournament deserve to go head to head, and that would be Pakistan against against England. But the game, semi-final game is the toss doesn't go your way. 50-50 doesn't go your way. You know, umpire's call doesn't go your way. And all of a sudden, you know, you, you could find yourself so far behind the eight ball, like we've seen in these tournaments with a one set of games. Um, and they're difficult to, to claw back. So England will be, will be, you know, mindful of what's happened today. But I don't see them making the same mistakes in the semi-final of what they did today. And from that point of view, I think they'll play anybody. One thing I will say, and as an Englishman, I don't really want to see India through either, but could you imagine a semi-final lineup of Pakistan versus Australia and England against India? And then you could, you know, contrasting styles, the best of the subcontinent um, against, you know, the old foes, England and Australia. And that, that's the thing, whoever wins through, it's like the final could be England, Australia, right? Or it could be India, Pakistan. Or it could be India, Australia, or it could be England, Pakistan. And all mm. of those four options offer so much in in terms of not just brilliance on the field, but intrigue off of it. So um, I think from a, from a neutral's perspective, I think we want to see India through. But yeah, as, yeah. An, as an England fan, let's hope. Let's hope New Zealand beat Afghanistan tomorrow and, it, and it's all done. Or Namibia beat India on, Friday, on Monday. That would, well, it's not going to happen, is it? 
No, it's not. But that, that's what you want, though, isn't it? You, as I say, as a neutral, you want an England. You want. It, I thought you were going to get an England India final, but because I thought India would run away with Group Two, but you know Pakistan have been fantastic. The four sides I thought would get to the semi final. You know they still might get to the semi final if England if India do get to the semi final. Then the way they've played in the tournament so far, they seem to be just coming into their own a little bit. Yeah, you know, they were they were excellent the other night. They were really really good the other night, um, and that was that's ominous signs for teams around the world that if they get to that point, get to the semi final, there could be nobody would really fancy fancy playing them. So, and then you potentially could have the old enemy either way. You could have England against Australia going into the two weeks before the Ashes when the test team and the, when both test teams are preparing in Australia, in Queensland, ready for ready for the Ashes with you know, the, the rest of their group playing at a World Cup final. Or you could have the opening, you know, the, the opening week of the tournament and the old foe go head-to-head, the only time they can meet, and that will be India-Pakistan. If India get to the final... A semi-final, it wouldn't surprise me. There'll be India-Pakistan final. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to Visit barbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Moment of the day. 
Quick word on South Africa, Rabada with a hat-trick. Rassi Vendorusen with their 94th. You know, after losing their first match and then Quinton Zakok not showing up for the West Indies game, it looked like the wheels were going to properly fall off. In the end, they put them back on and they ended up actually losing the same amount of games as England and they beat England. So um, they've got a team there. They've certainly got a bowling unit. And I suppose for South Africa, despite the disappointment, they will... They will look at this tournament with some pride and actually will look ahead to Australia next year, um, feeling like they've actually got a pretty settled side. Yeah, a lot of positives for South Africa. Um, found a leader in Bavuma in a way that leadership qualities are, the way he spoke, the way he's captain decided, his tactical decisions have been very, very good. Like you say his team's won four out of five. Um, they've got a nice balance of a side there. They've got a, an all-rounder in the middle who can, you know, change up when Pierce and Pretorius, which balances the side out. We can also hit the clean ball. Two spinners who are very, very effective. Two excellent fast bowlers. Two exceptional fast bowlers in Nokia and Rabada. Even though Rabada was all over the shop at one point today, what was it? He had he had three overs, not for forty-five, and he had three three point three overs, three for forty-five. So. Yeah, from going around the park to getting a hat-trick um, and seeing his side home um, was fantastic. John will say the same thing about South Africa. They'll have a, they've got a great foundation to go to Australia and build on this to be a, a good side and a force in that tournament in 12 months' time if they can stick with this group and add to you know, one or two players to, to make it better. But unfortunately, this is South Africa politics with South African cricket and the people within the game of South Africa are the ones that beat South Africa because we look at the players that aren't in the squad from a, who are born and bred and played in South Africa who have either turned their back or have their backs been turned on South Africa and you think what could be for South African cricket so for me yeah 12 months is a long time in in sport but it's even longer in South African cricket with the politics that goes on there Fair, fair point. So, well, look, we're going to leave it there. The sound of the fireworks going off above uh, the shed that I'm broadcasting in at the bottom of the garden. Um, and uh, we'll be back on the YouTube channel very, very shortly. But for now, thanks for listening to following on podcast coming up this week. Cricket Collective will be back on Tuesday and there'll be previews and reviews of both semifinals as well. Thanks for listening to following on. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 